0: The attacks are constantly taking place. One metric from our own data, we see about a billion of these attempts per day. So it's extremely common to see these attacks taking place. Bots are everywhere. A text message you got about a payment
1: getting declined or maybe accepted. That might be a bot trying to get some information from you as soon as you click the link in the message. Person whom you are talking to on a website to know about a specific product, there is a chance that it was handled by a bot.
2: This is C Suite, the podcast where you'll hear stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts about how to stay connected and protected. Every episode, we'll explore different cyber challenges and highlight the many ways we can enhance our online security reduce the likelihood of attacks, and improve our digital confidence. I'm your host, Claudette McGowan. When it comes to cybersecurity threats that should be on every internet user's radar today, some are more common than others. Bots are an example of a highly pervasive cybersecurity concern we should all be more mindful of especially considering they're on the rise. And no, I'm not talking about self-driving cars or a character from Westworld. In the context of cybersecurity, bots are often used by bad actors to access sensitive information, learn a user's private credentials, or commit other forms of fraud. While you may think this kind of internet activity is rare, think again. It was recently estimated that over 60% of all web traffic comes from bots, which means most internet users today aren't even human.
0: On social networks, bots have become a real plague. They imitate the behavior of real users, posting, liking and sharing. On Twitter, close to a third of all accounts belong to bots. Bots can post useful things. It all depends on how they've been programmed. It's a huge day
2: for shopping, and this year, as always, we're seeing the trend go away from in-store sales to online sales, but you're not just competing with other shoppers with your finger over that mouse trigger for those hot holiday deals. You're also dealing with bots, Grinch bots that fill out online forms and buy up hot holiday toys before you can even get to the checkout. And experts say that up to 97% of the activity on retailer login pages leading up to Cyber Monday and Black Friday is from bots. Today on C-Suite, we'll do a deep dive into the topic of bots and how we can all stay safe online. Here to help dissect the issues are two special guests. Patrick Sullivan is the Chief Technology Officer of Security Strategy at Akamai, a global content delivery network, cybersecurity, and cloud service company that makes the web more secure for businesses. We'll also hear from Abhinav, the Chief Technology Officer of a tech company, to learn about his experiences with bots. First, what exactly is a bot? And what are some of the sneaky tactics they're able to use To gain access to privileged information, listen as Patrick explains.
0: So bots are are a a fact of life today on the internet. Akamai, we see trillions of hits a day and 50% of traffic is actually non-human in origin. It's coming from some form of automation. Uh, So the first thing to keep in mind about bots is that they all have very different motivations. So there are forms of automation that are benevolent. They're uh, helping people operate a safe website, checking for vulnerabilities, checking to make sure that the website is available, helping in users have a a richer experience. Uh, So that's sort of on one end of the spectrum. Then you have sort of a gray bot, you know, which may be scraping the site to help and the financial services kind of have an aggregated view of your account. So if you've ever used that service where you can log in and see all of your financial accounts in one screen, That's likely driven by bots on the back end. And then on the more nefarious side, there are various bots that are uh, being used by fraudsters really to to commit a a number of forms of fraud. But the most interesting one that I think we'll talk about today is using bots for account takeover attacks. And an account takeover attack is uh, simply what the the name implies – if somebody has a legitimate account at, at their bank or at their retailer or at a, a video service provider, if an adversary can figure out those credentials by leveraging a bot, that, that account then is available to them and they can monetize that for various forms of fraud. The monetization will vary based on industry. You know, It's different in finance than it is for a, uh, a video streaming account than it is for retail, but the pattern and steps are similar across all forms of uh, account takeover. Account takeover is is an epidemic. You know, I think if you look at the statistics on how, you know, data breaches occur, it's all around uh, authentication and uh, brute forcing of, of credentials. But we see it really manifest itself very differently in different industries. So, you know, in travel and hospitality, it could be logging into your accounts to steal loyalty points, right? If you have a credit card stored on your, uh, you know, some type of a e-commerce account, it's easy to see how a fraudster could monetize that, right? You just go change the, uh, the address on that account and leverage that stored credit card to generate fraudulent transactions. If it's a, a video streaming account, you know, you would then go resell that uh, to somebody who doesn't want to legitimately pay for a streaming account, but they want to have access to a variety of streaming services.
2: As Patrick explained, bots have become a certainty of online life today. In fact... Abhinav noted there are several instances in which you might be interacting with a bot online without even realizing it. He should know he's had the experience of writing bots to test websites in the past.
1: Bots are everywhere. Uh, Maybe a comment which you read on social media, there's a chance that it was written by a bot, a text message you got about a payment getting declined or maybe accepted. That might be a bot trying to get some information from you as soon as you click the link in the message that person whom you are talking to on a website to know about a specific product, there is a chance that it was handled by a bot before it got handled to like a real human being dealing with the customer success. Sometimes uh, your business website getting an unusual amount of signups with credit card for a free trial of your service, it might be bot trying out the validity of different credit cards. It stole from hacks or unsuspecting users. So personally speaking, I have uh, the experience of writing bots, which help automate website testing, scraping websites, which means that uh, scan the whole website and gather the useful information from it. And I've also written uh, chatbot scripts, which help customers discover new products.
2: Abhinav has firsthand experience not only working with bots, but defending against them. Once, while he was working on a website that had recently been featured on the news, he and his team experienced a bot attack that nearly crashed their servers. In the cybersecurity world, this is called a distributed denial of service or a DDoS attack, which can be lethal for businesses because it can ultimately erode your customers' trust and decrease credibility.
1: I clearly remember that day, actually the evening uh, when it happened last time. This was after we got uh, featured on the news and we were getting a lot of traffic to our website. So for two to three days, we had a high flow of traffic and we were generating interest from all over the world, even though the product was just available in Canada because we just launched. We use AWS to host our servers. And one of the things which you can do on AWS is that you can set up alarms based on certain thresholds you wish to be notified on. So let's say, your CPU, your RAM uh, is getting really high. So, if you can set up like certain thresholds, and when that threshold is crossed, AWS will basically send you a message saying that, hey, like you should better check this out other, uh, before it becomes a problem. So, AWS uh, also does one thing, and uh, that is like it allows you to scale and provision servers based on those same thresholds. So, let's say you are getting a lot of traffic, but then your server capacity is just one or two, and it cannot handle that much amount of traffic. So that day, I got an automated message about our network being overloaded. And since we uh, had our auto-scaling settings, like based on our network activity, we were running at max capacity. That is something which is really odd because even doing like peak traffic time previously, we were at most like 50% capacity. So uh, what I did was I live streamed a server logs to see what was happening when I realized that we were getting anywhere between like two to 3000 requests per second, which was setting those uh, alerts. Even though our website was working fine, as it was hosted on on a CDN, our app servers were very sluggish because of the extremely high levels of traffic, like this fake traffic, which was coming from everywhere to to our servers. These compromised devices are collectively called a botnet. So uh, by doing this, it makes sure that legitimate users cannot access your web services because they are overwhelmed by Fake data coming to your services, web services. They can be your apps, they can be your website. Uh, this is very different from attacks like brute force because, unlike brute force, which tries a lot of username and password combinations to log into your platform, DDS attacks have just like one job, and that is to make sure that your website goes offline. DDoS attacks can happen for a short, short period, or they can come in waves and they can carry over certain days. Attacks like DDoS uh, is like very dangerous in a way because they make your customers lose um, trust in you because your website becomes really slow or it goes down. Especially on our side, we were dealing with a part of our customer's paycheck. That would have been like a very big deal breaker. Uh, it also leads to like lost revenue and you can end up spending a lot of money just to stay online because you're always provisioning a lot of servers to handle the spike of the fake traffic.
2: As Abanav's story clearly illustrates, bot attacks can do some serious damage to an organization by tarnishing the public perception of the brand or even contributing to a loss in revenue. Echoing Abhinav's comments, Patrick notes that bot attacks can result in a loss of time, money, and credibility for everyone involved, not just the organization that was compromised. What's worse, bot attacks happen all the time, according to Patrick. He says his team sees a staggering number of attempts each day, and they're constantly working to defend against them.
0: So the impact really is shared both by the owner of that that website as well as the victim whose account was taken over. So let's start with the victim first. You know, if your account is taken over, uh, you know, if it's your, uh, your loyalty points maybe that have been removed from your, uh, your hotel, your, your favorite airline, uh, you know, you, you often will have to identify that that occurred and then go through all of the trouble of working with the, uh, the website operator to try to restore or back out some of those fraudulent actions. And now if you're the the website operator, you now have the brand damage of, of one of your customers having a poor experience on your website. The attacks are are constantly taking place. You know, just one metric from, from our own data, we see about a billion of these attempts per day. So it's extremely common to see these attacks taking place. People are looking for the opportunity to, to find these credential pairs that they can then validate, and then begin making that fraud. So, so this is a, a high volume and a fast-growing series of attacks that we, we set new records on, you know, observed attacks uh, on a very regular basis. It seems to be continuing to grow.
2: Despite how common these attacks can be, Apinav was caught off guard by his experience. Given the organization was relatively new and small, he didn't think it would happen to them. But his initial assumption was unfortunately proven wrong
1: and that actually got me off uh, like off guard like i was very surprised because we were relatively a uh, very small app and we didn't even think about like us being ddos because it didn't make make sense our website wasn't there yet we definitely handled a handle like uh, user data and like payments and stuff for which we had protections but regarding ddos we did not expect it uh, we were expecting something like this happening from a year or two from launch of our app.
2: Once Abhinav and his team realized they were experiencing a DDoS attack, they launched into defense mode using backend data to help inform their next steps.
1: In the beginning, of, like I tried to understand as to like what's the best, best way to go forward with this first thing which struck me was just to increase the server capacity so based on uh, the login for information which we were getting from the server and it was showing around like 2,000 to 3,000 requests per minute I decided to scale our servers so we were running like one to two servers and um, at one point it became three and then like I remember like scaling it to like nine or ten so uh, like scale, scale uh, our capacity a lot. This made sure that we can distribute the traffic among the like nine to ten servers, so that there are no disruptions because uh, there were still legitimate users using our platform. We started blocking all these countries which where we didn't have uh, users. So then we started seeing the the spike getting lower and lower. And that's when we realized that that's that's working. It did increase afterwards again, but this time we were able to manage it because we basically blocked most of the traffic coming from uh, the servers from outside of Canada. And uh, we had increased server, server capacity. So we just waited it out until it died subsequently.
2: As a cybersecurity expert, Patrick recognizes the value of laying out a thoughtful strategy when it comes to identifying and defending against bots, like Abhinav and his team
0: did. You know, we've spoken thus far about kind of the most exciting part, which is the detection piece. How do you detect that, that it is actually a bot and not a human being? But it's also really important to be thoughtful about how you respond when you see that there that there actually is a bot on the other end of, the, of that, that connection, you may not want to just uh, give them a, a very obvious message, you know, that, hey, we know you're a bot, uh, we're going to block this request. Because as soon as you do that, that begins the process of that clever bot operator trying to figure out, okay, how do I work around this? How are they figuring out that this is my bot? Uh, and and how can I get around that protection? So, you know, many of our customers use us uh, as, as part of a deceptive response. So you may, you may give the same response to a bot who entered the credentials, even if they're valid that you would give if, you know, you or I as human beings entered the incorrect credentials. So you wanna slow down their detection loop to figure out that they've been caught. And then also, you know, we're doing all of this at the edge where where we have massive scale because some of these bot uh, campaigns can be so significant that they could cause availability to, to websites. We've certainly seen that where the intensity with which these bots are trying to validate credentials causes websites or their authentication service to go offline. Uh, so, So as you're managing these bots, you kind of have to be thoughtful about not only how you detect them, but also how you choose to respond back to the bot. Equally important.
2: Since experiencing a bot attack, Abhinav has become more conscious of cyber threats, taking the time to educate himself on the best tactics for protection and defense. He shared some of his tips for everyday internet users hoping to avoid similar experiences.
1: From this experience, for sure, Like I have invested in learning more about mitigating such attacks, by like researching blogs written by security experts and implementing some of the measures which they mentioned, like properly re- rerouting traffic, making sure we use uh, established companies, which basically their main job is to mitigate such issues. If you just get like a random email saying that Uh, there has been activity in your account, you need to click this link to log in. Don't do that. The reason being is all these um, links which go out, they very much resemble the original website and uh, it basically tricks you to think that this is a legitimate uh, request coming from the website. Uh, Then you click on the link, it takes you to a website but it's actually a fake website. And once you input your email or password, they will be basically storing all the combinations of password. And they would tell you that they weren't able to log you in or something, but basically they collected all the passwords you tried on that website. And they would be programming that into a bot and this bot would be on behalf of the hacker would just go and uh, try those on behalf of you and they might get into the website and steal data or that is one thing we should always remember just don't don't click a link because you think that somebody wants to reset your email or password and it's not just email it's it's like on social media messages as well like you get messages uh which 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 says that your Amazon uh, package got delayed, or your your payment got declined, and something. So basically, uh, these users whom whom are actually targeted, a lot of them do have ex- experience with links like this, and they probably know that it's not the right thing to do. But a lot of users actually end up clicking the link. They just uh, put in the information which is required required by the website and. Yeah, and they lose a lot of information. Uh, They they get their identity stolen and stuff. Good practice to see, to identify links like this. Uh, One thing is you'll always see these links are really short. Let's say you were on a website called amazon.ca. The links would look something like this it would say like tinyurl.com slash xyz. They won't be matching. With the name of the website. Second of all, a lot of people are actually buying domain names which include the name of the website in the URL. For example, if you think you got an email from Amazon, the URL might look something like amazon register.com. So it's very easy to buy domain names like, like this. And uh, you can send emails like this from these fake domain names. And people who look at these domain names to verify whether they are actual domain names or not, they end up clicking it. And uh, yeah, it, it results in them losing a lot of data.
2: Patrick also had some tips to share for anyone looking to reduce their risk of cyber attack and stay safe in an online world plagued by bots.
0: So as an end user, I think you have a role to play in reducing your risk uh, to being on the wrong side of one of these account takeover attacks. So the first thing you can do is, is try to take the the safest authentication model offered by your, by the website that you're interfacing with. Uh, and that may mean, you know, selecting to have a second factor where there's a, a message sent to your phone that you validate. One step below that is uh, really good password hygiene is what we would call that. So. Uh, establishing a unique password for every uh, site that you visit. Because as we talked about, a lot of these databases of credentials that, that are being attempted here are, are really the result of a breach at some other site. So if you've reused your credentials uh, from site to site, that dramatically increases your risk of of being uh, on the wrong end of one of these attacks. You know, beyond that, longer passwords are better than shorter passwords. So if, if you're able, you know, create the longest password that that the site will permit. Uh, And it may be easier to accomplish these two tasks, long passwords and unique passwords, if you use a tool like a password manager. So all of those steps reduce your exposure. And and I think that that allows uh, all of us to really play a role in, uh, in reducing this opportunity for fraud.
2: As bots become more commonplace on the internet today, it's more important than ever to stay safe, be alert, and take measures to defend against potentially disastrous bot attacks. Here are some of my key takeaways from the information Patrick and Abinov shared. No one is invincible. As we learned from Abinov, being a small or new organization doesn't make you immune to a potential bot attack. Instead of learning the hard way, make sure you take the proper precautions in advance because you're better off safe than sorry. Stay educated about the risks involved with online activity. We can all learn a thing or two by seeking out information through expert resources in order to stay aware of the risks we face as internet users today. Read blogs, watch YouTube videos, and of course, listen to C-Suite for your regular dose of cybersecurity tips. Even though it's inconvenient and may take you an extra moment or two, it's worth the added effort to take steps like creating a unique password, downloading a password manager or opting for two-factor authentication wherever possible. In the long run, this will save you time and money if it helps you prevent a bot attack. Thank you to Abhinav and Patrick for sharing your insightful tips. And thank you for listening to C-Suite. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Join me for the next episode airing on December 9th. I'm Claudette McGowan. And remember, with over 4 billion of us online, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves connected and protected.